It's Tempo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tempo Waffle. Today we're going to talk about um, attitudes to language. Attitudes to language. One of the things that I um, have found as a language teacher all these years is that you start becoming tuned in to mistakes. Okay. Uh, we have to be tuned in to mistakes because that's what we're doing with our students, right? But it does start um, getting a little bit out of hand when you tune into mistakes outside of the classroom. Okay, I have a question before we get to that bit. Yes. Uh, which is, do, do each of us tune into different mistakes? I I, I'm instantly curious. So I think we do. I think that we. I think even non-language teachers have these little. <clears throat> Things that we get upset about with language use. Okay. Like, I can't believe you said that. You um, said cobra, not cobra. Yeah. Or um, the 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 one that I think is quite common now is you know I literally I literally jumps out of my skin and and that <laughs> that thing of using literally to mean figuratively when yes and irregardless irregardless yeah so irregardless of what you've said yes. So these are things which I think upset people. I've got a great example where okay. I said to somebody, oh, that's, I don't know how to pronounce it now, Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude, yes. Schadenfreude, whatever. I said, uh, yeah, talk about Schadenfreude, however I pronounced it in this part. And the guy I was with went, actually, it doesn't mean that in German. And I have no idea if he was right or wrong. But I know that it does mean that in English. And normally, because I'm so t- attuned in to mistakes, I would just have that argument. It doesn't matter what it means in German, because in English, because yeah. that's a mistake yeah. type that I'm tuned into, which is the opposite of what he's tuned into. So this this thing in linguistics is called prescriptivism. Okay. So prescriptivism is where, you, where right is right, yes. and, and don't be wrong because that's not right. Um, All right. And uh, prescriptivists believe that we don't do things that are wrong because that's indicator. That's an indicator of poor education or low lifeness or something like that. Um, either yeah, either ignorance or yeah. Um, all right. So I mean, the thing is that we we I I don't particularly like prescriptivism. Um, I I don't. But now I'm wondering in the situation of the Schaudenfreude. Yeah. We're both being prescriptivists from a from a opposite, not opposite, but from different angles. He's being prescriptivist to say, no, that word means that, and that is the meaning of the word. That's very prescriptive. And I'm saying, no, that word means this in English. It doesn't matter what it means in another language. I'm speaking English right yes. now, and the rule is yes. that it means what it means. Yeah, yeah. So we're both being prescriptivists, but but at, on different ends of the same word, basically. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I know that, that gets you is should of, or would yes. of. Yes. Um, because that is wrong. It's, uh, I don't, I, actually, it doesn't worry me that much in speaking, because I'm like, would yeah, 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 they say should have, yeah. and they, they think they're saying of, not have, but whatever. Actually, that's not the worst one. My The worst one is that weird, um, a lot of the U.S., uses 
the third conditional. So if I would have known. What? <laughs> I hate that every time I hear it. But I've heard it. I've heard it on the news. So why do you get upset? Because that just sounds so dumb. Right. Okay. So I mean, these and it's people- wrong. And you're like, how am I supposed to teach people to speak English when their model of English is people who are not speaking English properly? Right. <laughs> So the, 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 the prescriptivists in us are, are difficult to quench. Now, Facebook, I, I think I'm pretty modern and, um, I have, I've, so, I've, he mentions Facebook, which is a tool that's probably only used by people who are 70 plus nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, but I, I know that the rest of the world have moved on to other things, but I'm still on Facebook and I think it's pretty fun because they've got all these groups and I belong to two groups. I'm going to tell you about them. Okay. The one is called the Language Police. Okay. <laughs> and basically what it is is people take photographs of signs or menus or something around the world that are... are beware bad. of your belongings yeah, is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. It was on the MRT. Buy one, years. free one. It's like, what, am I going to set it free? You know, the, the um, and the other one is the Apostrophe Catastrophe group oh. where people find uh, photographs of incorrect usage of apostrophes in signs. So apostrophe S as a plural or, you know, that kind of thing. And I think they're quite funny. But Wait, repeat that, apostrophe part? People using apostrophe S as a plural, in, as a marker for plural. So your belonging, apostrophe S, are important. Your belongings are important. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I, I belong to them because I think they're funny. And I, I, I get quite a lot of mileage out of just seeing how how far the language can be pushed before <coughs> we lose which says just quite a lot about just how nerdy we are that this is oh it's so much it's fun so much the fun. apostrophe catastrophe yeah goes, yeah oh, it's great but 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 in the comments on some of these things people get like really irate it's supposed to be a joke but some people are actually take this thing seriously and and um maybe when you are educated and you think that everybody else also should be educated, it is easy to. It's um, a position of arrogance. And and also, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a sign and, and spend all that money on your business's signboard, then yeah, I have it checked. Fair enough. However, um, this this whole thing of the fact that we do make mistakes, even people who are very well educated and um, make a lot of mistakes, because language is so complex as a unit. Yes, um, and each individual has their own idiosyncrasies when they create uh, words, and so things do get up uh, a little bit. Like the buy one free one thing. Well, I think that that's just culturally part of the Asian way of framing I think, something. I think also that you know it's become such a a generic phrase. You know, it's they're not actually looking at any of the words in that. It's just, it's one set phrase. This right. phrase together means this thing. And it's not actually a syntactic unit. It's just a sign to yeah. say, yeah. Um, so they're, they're, even though I know that, so the opposite of prescriptivism is descriptivism. Yeah. And in a descriptivist framework, language is a changing, evolving unit. And, and um, I would say it goes even further than that. Uh, descriptivism also factors in that, look, uh, here are 17 million people who all use this word prescriptively incorrectly, mm. but to, to all of those people, if somebody used it the correct, inverted commas, correct way, they would actually be misunderstood 
because everybody else thinks that that word means that or that phrase means that or the third conditional is supposed to have the the cause and result clause mushed together incorrectly and that's how you say it. So the the, the prescriptivist is is going to be miscommunicating or, or getting you know, getting it wrong in inverted commas in that context yeah. because prescriptively it's wrong in that whole context. Yeah, and I mean, if the main function of language is communication and they're, they're trying to dictate, no, this is how you communicate correctly, but that's hindering their communication, then actually, yeah, they, they miss the fundamental point of what language is. Um, so is there a, a peeve? Okay, we've spoken about a couple of them. Um, uh, the, the Literally, one is the one that yeah. upsets me. And... I, as a descriptivist, I know that language is changing and that there is no, there is no fixed. Yes. Um, and but. A, interestingly enough, the earliest attested written version of the use of literally to mean figuratively is Charles Dickens. I mean, it's, it's old. <laughs> <laughs> and if Charles Dickens wrote it, well, then it must be right, right? Yeah, that's um, like Shakespeare making up 750 new words. Right, and, and then we just accept them as... as because he's Shakespeare. Right. Well, Dickens used... Literally to mean figuratively, so there there's there's a long history of this. It's not something new, and at the the thing of oh, well, these youngsters don't know how to use English properly. That that that's obviously wrong. I would argue that a, a lot of I mean, in the Dickens example, a lot of big name classical writers are actually horrible writers. Really? Yes, quite a lot of them. Have I'm trying you, to think of one. Uh, try to read the very first paragraph of A Farewell to Arms. Good luck oh, getting Hemingway. through it. In... Well, Hemingway, interesting. Hemingway's style is one of those that you either study it because it's amazing or you hate it because it's unreadable. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it, there's a million of these guys some, uh, and they're not necessarily... Who wrote the Slaughterhouse Five? Um, uh, Vonnegut. Because that's also, I mean, it's very, very simply written in these tiny little sentences that actually makes it after a while, difficult to read, um, I, I find. Oh, I'm the opposite. It's like oh. After a little while, that's so easy to read. Oh. It's like reading Shakespeare. It's horrible to read until you get you six pages style. six pages in, and then you're just reading it. Right. Um, the Irvine Welsh, Irvine Welsh, yeah. the guy, train spotting. So he writes his books in a Scottish accent. Like, he gives the accent to the character who has the accent yes. and writes in the accent. That's hard. And it, it's so easy to read once you get oh, into it. Well. It just... So fluid, and but does he change accents between the characters? Because well, not everyone has an accent. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is using wrongness as a way of creating style. Yeah, it's a literary device. Literary. It's a literary. It is a literary device. But, well, that's the other thing then about prescriptivism. If we are going to use the language in the correct, right way all the time. Are we just becoming pedantic fools? Okay, because there is there is a fine line between prescriptivism and pe- pedantism. Pedantism. <laughs> <laughs> See, when, once you start talking about it, you start Pet- questioning every second thing you say. <laughs> okay, look, uh, I'm going to find an example because I know that it's happened to me this morning because it happens to me every day. What finding mistakes? Yeah, spotting a mistake and go. My thing is um. Headlines that are written in English, that like that's just bad writing. Like, yeah, but headline. Okay, but headlinees. Head, I mean, head, the style of writing a headline is 
a no, style of writing English. Yes, there is a style, but let me find one. Uh, okay, that's whole writing, but not incorrect. Does Tha- doesn't Thailand have enough events already to attract tourists? Okay, the clumsy, but it's okay. Talking about headlines, uh, the one that I really enjoy on my language police one really is translations from another language where they've translated oh, for it. You got okay. one. Yeah, sorry. Come back to your example. <laughs> 32-year-old man survives harrowing accident, causing his truck to overturn and set on fire in Chonbury. That's a headline. That's the headline. Well, that's the whole newspaper. Okay, first of all, uh, set on fire is is a very active meaning, like I set something on fire, causing his truck to set on fire. So he had an accident that made his gave truck sentient, uh, <laughs> and it got angry, flipped over and, and set it's and out. set but no, we don't know what set on fire. His truck to overturn and set on fire. Set what? Now I know, like pragmatically, yes, I understand what they're saying, but that's horrible. Well, that is a horrible headline. I mean, the idea with headlines is it's supposed to be short. First of all, uh, I mean, the the headline should have been "Chonbury accident kills truck." No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> it should be. Uh, I mean, we could be sensationalists. Uh, well, if it's a sentient truck, then and the truck died, then. But but yes, it should be. It, th- yeah. That is that's that is. Uh, we can be even be sensationalists about it. Uh, truck flips and bursts into flames. You know, I mean, that's still not great writing, but at least it's catchy and a headline. The um, the thing is that well, are, are we being pedantic? I don't know. What was your example? Because I wasn't example, listening. No, no well, I, I, <laughs> I was talking about. I was talking about the fact that I, the the enjoyment I get is reading these uh, signs or menus in a foreign language, where toast is is, for example, translated as burnt bread. And okay. Yeah. I mean that's not bad English. It's just translated from whatever language into yeah. English by somebody who's not aware of that word that. That they're translating into, but I find those highly amusing. But I have heard people complaining about the fact that the translation on the menu is wrong. <laughs> I've heard uh, the worst one I've ever had was uh, I'm going to say it was an American woman, just because it's a stereotype and it works. An American woman at the table Karen. in the restaurant uh, complaining quite vociferously in Vietnam that this banana shake is not a banana shake because it doesn't have milk and ice cream in it. I, I ordered a shake, and this is not a shake. But, of course, in this part of the world, well, the yeah. shake is fruit and ice and maybe some honey or whatever. All right, so let's get down to the teaching stuff. Um, okay, but... I, okay. All right, the, uh, the, okay. the teaching stuff is we've got, we've got these uh, individual predilections for for correction yeah I, I like to correct these things because they bug me yeah I, I really can't handle that but the other things are fine i don't i don't worry too much about that okay. and then we get into the classroom and we misuse or misfocus maybe on particular things um are we doing the students a disfavor by allowing certain things to pass okay or fo- only focusing on specific um Issues of, of wrongness that irritate us. All right, can I pick one? Yeah. Uh, this, the, the, what's it called? Subjunctive? 
in the second conditional, if, if I, I were, were you, instead yeah. of if I was, yeah. that Monday. I don't care. My question is always like, are you guys taking a, a, a test? What sort of test is it? Oh, okay. Better use word. But, but at the same time, if we don't care about wrongness, whatever that might mean, um, are we then not doing our job? I don't know. I just, sometimes you just have to go, oh, I'm going to make a call here. I'm teaching a bunch of adults who only want the language for interaction and communication. They don't care about exams or anything else. I'm not going to spend, you know, extra time and effort enforcing the the were was thing in, in first person because it doesn't exist anywhere else these guys are going to come across it and native English speakers do it and that's always my bar is look native English speakers do it and I would never notice okay but, but using that it. as a bar we do have a problem native speakers as the bar native speakers are notorious for getting there and there mixed up yes um, and your and your and loose and loose right and, and if native speakers and, and, are doing that then is that Oh, the bar that we should set for the students that they don't, okay, we don't care. There's there and there. These are the two spellings. Use them interchangeably. Don't care. No, because of how you preface this. They're notorious for getting it wrong, which means everyone knows they're getting it wrong, well, which means therefore but here's it's the, not correct. Here's the philosophical debate then. I mean, if everybody's getting it wrong, is it wrong? No, it's no. If everybody knows that everybody is getting it wrong, that means it's still wrong. I'm coming at it purely descriptively. Yes. If we all accept that this is wrong, wrong and all of us are making this mistake, then it's still wrong because we all still know that it's wrong. So, I mean, look, don't lose your mind over this, but <laughs> it's wrong. Well, I don't know. I'm literally getting angry about this. Um, the other one, for example, is the, the smaller ones, maybe like um, at the weekend and on the weekend. Uh, Which are both right, but but some people get are, are fixed on one or the other. Okay, let's let's do it. Which one's correct? For me, I'll do the on the weekend. Because you're a descriptivist. But no, because that's what I'd say. Uh, what are you doing on the weekend? Yeah. Okay, so um, tell me in on at preposition of time midnight at. Okay, so we use at for a time. Okay. Um, the fourth of July. Um. Okay, so we use on for a, for a date. For a date, yeah. Okay, um, Wednesday. Um. Um, July. In. Okay, so we've got in for a month, we've got on for a day or a, a date. Um, Christmas day. Um. Christmas time. At. What's the difference between Christmas day and Christmas time? Yeah, so, mm, if, the, mm. <laughs> Is it on Songkran or at Songkran? Yes. Yes, that's a good question. Well, I would say at Songkran. I would say at Songkran, yeah, because it's the name of a festival, right? No, but I mean, it's three days. That's... Ta-da! That's Congratulations, you win a, a prescriptivist prize, and you now know that you, it's at the weekend, not on the weekend, because the weekend is multiple days. Guess what? Only... Only nerdy language teachers would follow that line of thinking. And it's actually only you by... If we're talking about, like, quote-unquote native English speakers, I mean, that phrase doesn't really have a lot of... I'm using it in terms that, like, a school would say we have native teachers. Right. I'm using that aspect. Um, Only of the native English speaker camp, only Brits use at... I'm Australian, we use on. You're South African, you use on... 
asking a, a Canadian they'll use on. So, so what you're saying then is descriptively is, on, prescriptively at. Oh, but I'm British. Fine, use that. Oh, wait. We're we're studying uh, speak out elementary, and we have to do prepositions of time, and it's a British book, and there's going to be a unit test next week, which might teach, have that. teach them that because yeah. it's going to be on the test. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, uh, another example that came up recently was have a shower or take a shower. To me, there's no difference, and they're both fine. Yeah. Um, but it did end up becoming an argument in the teacher's room. Oh, really? About whether it's... No, no, you don't take a shower. Where are you taking it to? You know, people were actually getting quite irate about that as an idea. Um, so I opened up Engram and, and had a look. Have and, a shower, take a shower. Yeah, and there's, you know, that that was the way that we solved it. Was it, it but, equal waiting? Huh? Was the waiting equal? No, it wasn't equal. Um, Which one's more common? Take a shower was more common. Than have. Yes. Nice. But if you, you know, you can play around with that because you can... Click on the limit by position, what yeah. type of English, and yeah. So, um, and even then, engrams kind of flawed because they're only looking at written text, yeah, not spoken. Um, yeah, and for that, then you'd have to get up the, the some other corpus of one, something yeah, else, and yeah. So, um, the line that we draw between no, that's wrong, and that's well, fine, that's whatever. fine, yeah, let it go, um, and. When you say, that's fine, let it go for that, tomorrow do you take one step back and allow further things to become okay? And So by the time you've been teaching for 30 years, everything's okay. Or everything's wrong by then. <laughs> or everything's wrong because you've become a cynical old man. Okay, so um, uh, for better or worse, I know that you're a language dork like I am. And so you probably know that a lot of the quote-unquote rules that were that were beaten into us by the nuns of St. Pariah's <laughs> in parochial school yes. were all made up BS. Like, you can never end a sentence with a preposition. You can't start a sentence with a preposition, uh, with a conjunction. But, you know, it does lead, quite a lot of, lead to quite a lot of emphasis. And it's a good literary device. Although, some people may disagree. So do it anyway. Yeah. So a lot of those rules are just completely made up. Though some guy in the nineteen 19- well, no, 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 they're not all made up. I mean, ending a ending a sentence with a preposition is is from Latin, and yeah. never splitting but, an infinitive is. is but, but you can't split it in Latin because yeah. So that's a rule. So it's unsplitable. Un- it, it, that's like an inseparable phrasal verb, right? It's, but those those are the things that came through from Latin to show that English is as good as Latin. No, that's with a made-up rule. Some guy decided that because he was good at Latin, he can now enforce his rules, but he's enforcing them after the fact, so it's a made-up rule. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, the answer's really easy. I think I think the answer is really easy if you're speaking a communication and, and interaction course, because just do whatever to make your meaning made. Yeah. But if you're preparing students for IELTS, yeah, then, then then you need to start becoming. You need a line to draw. Um, yeah, I I think for for better or worse, I think that it's fantastic that this is a, a discussion that still happens in the staff rooms. Yeah, because it shows that teachers are are genuinely still interested in. Um, no, I, no, but I think I, that, I think these happen in bars. Uh, I'm sure they do. I okay. What I'd like to end on is yes. something that uh, 
I'm becoming more increasingly joyful about, which is find any website with a meme, you know, a meme aggravator, aggregator, you know, with a load of memes. I guarantee if you find 50, three of them are about some weird language quibble. And I kind of love the (laughs) fact that, that language is so inherent the just it's just part of who we are as human beings that it's you know, these the person posting that meme isn't a language teacher or a linguist or 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 they're a user but and yet they still find it great you know i i hate like the two two thing for me because I'm a language teacher, when I read read it, I'm sometimes I'm reading it aloud in my head. And so when somebody puts T double O, they say, I want to go to the market. And that sounds stupid. But if it was T O, I'd read it as, I want to go to the market. I want to. And in my head, I'm reading it as, I want to. Mm. But I'm sure there's a prescriptive out there going, it's not pronounced T, it's pronounced to. If there are. If they're from the band of um, RP speakers yeah. that, that live in, in the same circle as the Queen of England. Yes. There they were yes. There were someone said Morlands. Great grand grand Nanny. Right. Yes, great great nanny. That was what we were looking for. Right, so prescriptivism done. Alright, so you know, if you if you wanna just like waffle on and talk about stuff you can teach like you know your kids to speak like this and they'll sound pretty native but all the other teachers are gonna you know like kick up a real stink interestingly troy's son doesn't sound like that at all he sounds like an american kid from from the influence of he doesn't he got this weird um a a r on the end of a word no no, a car is a car. It's not a car. A car is a car. It was dark. The word dark is what's like, well, dark is dark. It's, it's a vowel that doesn't even exist in English. Dark. Dark. It's really dark, Dad. And I go, I go, it's dark. And it goes. But are you, are you being prescriptivist with pronunciation though? Uh, yeah. Okay. We need, uh, we need to spend some time talking about our sponsor for the day. Okay, today's sponsor uh, is Google Calendar. Google Calendar, <clears throat> right. Yes, uh, without which I would make far more scheduling confusions. Get Google Calendar, it's free, right? And, or it's free for listeners of our podcast. Yes, it's free for listeners of our podcast. Just put in the promo code. Uh, at Balna. okay. Right, waffle off. Waffle Waffle is proudly brought to you by the non-stop wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tofuwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tofuwaffle.com.